my best investment ever become my worst investment ever. Actually, I make it kind of worse because that were my wits and I using leverage on that. You know that Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, they say three L's to avoid ladies, liquor, and leverage. On leverage, I use it. It turned out to be very worse, very bad for, for the investment. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Fuang Nguyen. Fuang, are you ready to rock? Yes, let's go. All right, so let me introduce you to the audience. Fuang is a CFA charter holder. He is a value-oriented, fundamentally-driven investor. He has eight years of experience in the investment industry with various buy-side firms, and he lived through some, a few of the tough market times. In his view, the Asian investment landscape is uneven, and investors should sharpen their investing acuum beyond the face value of data or information. That's a very important point. He manages his family investment account, which has delivered annualized return of 30 plus percent, which is more than 15% over the benchmark. Meanwhile, his portfolio has only sustained an average 14.1% downside volatility compared to 23.9 for the benchmark since inception four years ago. He's currently exploring a global career opportunity to apply his rigorous research process and investment acumen. His core expertise is Asia Pacific markets. As I mentioned before, like me, he is a CFA charter holder and a member of CFA Society Singapore. Wong, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Santos, and thank you for bringing me to, to your investment series podcast. It's, I think it's the awesome thing that the investor can share the knowledge. Like I always love to learn from you and the other investor. Uh, currently, I live in Hanoi, and my investment mostly focuses. I also looking for the uh, opportunity for, for global career to to applying my my investment human. Yeah, Great. so just some like small stuff. Yeah. Now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah, thank you, Santos. Actually, my worst investment is, is not kind of that worst. It's one of the, my best investment ever, but it turned out to be the worst just in one year. For the last year, my performance is very strong. That's stock is a kind of the best steel producer in Vietnam. They go up for about twofold. Yeah, and because the demand is increasing, the steel spread for the blast furnace uh, producer is very good. So it's kind of very profitable for the company. And just one year after that, it turned out to be very, very bad. So my best investment ever become my worst investment ever. Actually, I make it kind of worse because I double my wits and I using leverage on that. You know that 
Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, they say three L's to avoid ladies, liquor, and leverage. But I just, <laughs> maybe ladies, I don't, I don't do anything with them or liquor. You can just do some beer, but for leverage, I use it. At the, it's kind of the, the peak time of the, the, the stock price. So <laughs> it turned out to be very very bad, very bad for, for the investment. Yeah, it's kind of the, the circumstances that I would like to share with, with, with you. And let's look at this leverage for just a minute. When you talk about leverage, yeah, uh, that means that the broker in this case, I presume, has provided you with an ability to borrow money <laughs> and use that money to invest more than you actually have of the money because you're borrowing it to invest more. Is that correct with what you mean by leverage? Yeah, it's actually buy on margin. Yeah, buy on margin. Yeah, because in in Asia, you know that in uh, in China or in Vietnam or some kind of uh, retail leading market, retail investor leading market. So most investor use uh, leverage or buy on margin to take it position. So even you are very calm, calm investor, don't you leverage and disciplined investor. Maybe sometimes you just, just, just do small leverage because you will understand more about the market players. It means the time I think is good for that. So because the company fundamental is good and um, they are increasing their capacity in, in terms of very tight supply, market yeah the steel producer the other competitor is making some bad uh, because they use the the um, eaf the electric art furnace so they cannot making like good, good stuff of money like like that that company using blast furnace so it is the best time for, for but and what, what went wrong was it an external factor uh, that was happening in the steel market or was it something internal that was happening at the company? That is the, the thing I would like to share with you. Because in, uh, when you make um, a loss investment, assume that you are currently making a loss position. So you may be very careful. You may be very careful. Are you looking for anything that make, make making your investment is currently lost? But when you have a winner, like you maybe go for it and you rock it, and you may be very kind of very exciting about that. So maybe your confidence is very high. Yeah, at the time, I think external factor is good. The macro is good. Internal factor is also good. They are doing double their, their capacity in one year. And even when we get to know the company closer, we're more confident about it because we have the endowment bias. Because actually when the company raised their capacity from 2 million startup uh, still to about, add more about uh, 4 million startup still. So I check it a lot. I do the, I did the due diligence on every kind of, such kind of 2 mil investment around the world. And I see that the company is on the, I mean, on the very low point of the cost curve globally. So I think that is very good investment. Even the, the macro turned out or the, the, the demand of the, the steel is, 
going down. So why why we we do not invest in that kind of very low risk producer in the commodity business? Because the, the Omaha Oracle also they say that if you are standing in a um, commodity business, you must have the low risk right? So I check it and I see it and I the more I I explore about the company, the more I learn about the company, about the management. So it become more confident. So I think in terms of uh, institutional investors, they also make that make that um, yeah make that mistake. The key thing here, I think, is kind of you you should control your your emotional your emotion, and it's kind of emotional uh, intelligence. Because I always question myself: is that my, I I I have a bias on that? I check it and I see I have bias, but I have the mitigating factor for, for for avoid that bias. I check everything and I see that the company is a good set. So what what ended yeah. up going wrong that that you didn't see? Yeah, the wrong thing I didn't see is that uh, the track the track of the uh, construction for the new project is lower than than I expected. They expect to kick in the uh, the new steel mill in just about one year, but they stand they lengthen it, they lengthen it, and also at that time, the demand for for the steel is down a little bit in China or in Vietnam is also down, and one new competitors from Taiwan, they dumping the <laughs> the steel, Got because, it. yeah. So, so, so at the time, uh, the market environment changed very much. Changed so very much. Yeah. Can you summarize what lessons you learned from this experience? This lesson, I, I think that you must always testing your assumption, always looking for the, I mean, the headwind, the potential headwind, yeah, in the future, because the risk will not be the risk if you. Uh, said it and you known about it, but just one risk we can control is that the unknown unknown mean that you can know that you can know you cannot know you can know yeah mm. so maybe I think it's kind of yeah and also even you uh, you can in in you can make some very uh, charismatic manager yeah <laughs> actually my um, the the, the Management of the company I invested in, they have very, they so I mean they so humble, so calm, so good. Even with the return investor, they answer every question. And when you ask about the like I I, I talk to you and I feel that oh that guy's good, so we will suit double our weight, our position. So it's kind of not really uh, logical, right? It's not really rational. Just because we love that, we love that kind of management charisma. Even they are, they 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 so so nice, so humble. So we we like them. So we double. So I think it's kind of best start for the investment. We just look back. I think one tip for the investor is that you should not write the investment moment, or you should act right away after you meet. The company because at that time you have the emotional bias 
you just stay away from that about one week and you relook it again, rethink about the the talk with the management. So I think you you can uh, <laughs> mitigate the emotional bias. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Let me uh, summarize some of my takeaways. The first thing that you talked about is kind of a little bit of the concept of confirmation bias that we're oftentimes mm. look, looking for information that confirms. Yeah. And, and the reality is everybody suffers from that and therefore we have to work extra hard to find the opposing view. That's mm. the first thing that I take away. The second thing is investing. There's a reason why a lot of people like investing in consumer type products because generally demand is steady and supply is steady. But when yeah. you're investing in cyclicals, it's just, it's a much more risky, you know, high risk, high return, hopefully, but a much more risky thing. So for all investors, they should be thinking that, you know, when you're investing in cyclical type of companies, it can be very, very dangerous. And the last point, it, you, you remind me of a story when I was a broker many years ago, um, I took some fund managers, the, actually the owners of this fund management company that had billions of dollars. In fact, one of the owners of it had written a, a really famous book. The two of them, I took them to visit this uh, hospital in Thailand and they, they just loved the management so much. Cool. And the story was so compelling. Yeah. That when we got out of the meeting, we got into the car and they looked at me and they said, look, we're about to do something that we tell all of our analysts never do. And I said, what are you going to do? She, they said to me, please put in an order for $30 million for this stock. You know, wow. we want to buy it now in this car. So I called the, you know, our, our trading desk and the trading desk was able to execute that order or start the process of executing that order for $30 million of that stock. Now, I never actually, I think it actually turned out well for them over time. But the point was, was that they had the same guideline that you just said, and then they broke it. But the point is, is that um, what I would say is that everybody in our business, particularly what we would call traditional fund managers, the holy grail is to visit the company. But I would argue that visiting the company, having now visited thousands of companies, with, with many hundreds, if not a thousand different fund managers as an analyst, I could say that probably 95% of those meetings probably added no value. And in some case, it made someone either overconfident in liking this company or overconfident in not liking this company, and it biased their behavior. So I think the point that you made is good. Go out and visit the company, fine. You may like them, you may hate them, but don't make your decision. Those are, those are the things that I take away from your story. So, so let's go and wrap it up by just talking about how, you know, what is that one action? And I think you've already said it. And that is after you visit a company, take a week off before you buy the stock. Would you say to the traditional fund managers, investors, and individuals that are building portfolios, is that, would that be your actionable advice? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good advice for, for the investor. Uh, one thing I, I, um, I think is also good for the investor is that you make uh, investment in the uh, kind of commodity business, cyclical stock. So your valuation is always uh, understand the history of the valuation about the stock price very good. Actually, at the time, I tell my colleagues that the price is run over head. 
run over the head of the fundamentals because uh, that stock just trading in the range of uh, about more than 12, 12 times PE to the low of uh, three, three times PE. At the time, it reached its peaks in the valuation history, but, mm -hmm. and it ranging very frequently. So why we don't make some kind of exit? <laughs> yeah. I think the other point is the factors of supply and demand are so powerful in cyclical mm -hmm. companies that you really, really have to have a really good handle on that. And that sometimes gives the advantage to, you know, huge fund management companies, global fund management companies that are looking at steel cycles in different countries and things like that. Mm -hmm. So great. All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up at that point and let me tell the listeners that you now have another story of loss. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. And as we wrap up, Fuang, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, thank you, the audience. Great, great. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help you create, grow, and protect your well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside. <laughs>